tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And how many of you are stuck in a creative project and say, I've got to get organized to move this project forward? Or I guess even worse, you say, I've got an idea for a creative project and I'll get started someday when I get organized. That's the worst. And we're going to talk about both of those predicaments and just how organization is more than just being tidy, more than getting the paper off your desk, but really creating the creative freedom that you want. My guest is Miriam Ortiz Epino. Miriam, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Well, I felt the urge to clean my desk off before I even talked to you. But mm-hmm. uh, and my virtual background is probably hiding the file folders behind me. <laughs> what, what is it about clutter that we creative people either uh, allow or even embrace sometimes as being just our creative mess? Yeah, well, there's a very fine line between inspiration and hindrance, right? And so it's interesting, especially with creative types, because they do like to have things that spark their curiosity or their their creative juices to, to help them bring their thing into creation. But so often it just gets in the way of actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. And what I've read, Miriam, uh, from you and I guess even some of your other interviews is this, you know, types of clutter. You know, there's that I like to see everything in front of me. It's sort of my mental do list. Uh, or I like to uh, save, uh, ergo hoard, uh, mm-hmm. all the things from my past, because, you know, heaven forbid, I would let those go. What, what types of clutterers, uh, you know, have you seen? Well, yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways of looking at it. Um, I think mostly it comes down to how our brains process information. Um, I've been learning more and more about the kind of neuropsychology of it all and our habits. And if we don't have a system in place that allows our brain to process routine things in the same way all the time, everything becomes its own unique situation. And so it piles up because maybe you bring home, I mean, let's just get really basic. Let's say you bring home a new box of crayons because you're going to draw some stuff and you don't really have a place where crayons live. So you put it on the desk. And then it's in the way of doing the sketch with your charcoals later in the day. But what if you had a place for the charcoals to live and the crayons to live? And you could say, I'm going to use some colors right now. I need my crayons. And then you put them back when you're done with that particular thing. And it's not hindering your creativity. It's still there. It can be in a cup on your desk, but it's not in the way. So -hmm. if you need to see it, And if you're the kind of person that's going to take the time to put it away back in the package exactly right with all the shades in the right places or the original lineup of the colors in the big box of crayons or whatever. But most people are somewhere in between. They need access to their things easily when they need them and they need to be able to use them and replace them in the right timing, Mm -hmm. you know, so you don't end up with 20 boxes of crayons. Exactly. (laughs) Well, and we can all smile at our various uh, clutter, you know, and stacks and piles. Mm -hmm. But as you mentioned, you've made a real study of this. And there is a psychology of organization. And that's what we're really talking about. It's like, how can we get organized so that we have our tools 
and our ideas uh, you know, and resources in a place where we can use them productively. Yeah, I think I do a lot of reverse engineering for people. So I will clear off a whole space, whether it's the creative space or the desk or the, the kitchen counter, whatever it is, I clear it off first. And then I say, okay, what activities happen here? What do you need to do those activities? And then we bring in the other things um, if there's room, because a lot of times people just get used to seeing the stuff in the way and they think that's the way it has to be because it's always been there. We have possession bias. We have negative bias. We have all the biases that lead us to not change. So we have to override that by re-engineering it, reverse engineering it um, backwards. And then if you want to still keep those things, if you want to keep every single thing you've ever made, great, but let's have a process for that, not in the way of creating the new things. Um, and if you're keeping things to remind you, is there a way you can put them out to remind you in a way that is still functional? I'm a piler. I don't file everything. I have a file system, but my to-do thing is a pile. Mm-hmm. And it's self-correcting. It stays on my desk. There's a procedure for using it as a, an effective pile. And that's the habit that I created so that it, the work gets done. Um, and you can do that for anything. But if you don't have a system or a thought of what the steps involved in, in why something's in a specific place, it makes it really hard to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. And Miriam, I often wait until the very end of our conversation to ask, you know, is there a way to help people? And I just thought this would be a great way to jump in. It's like you, you do offer this sort of complimentary, let's talk about your clutter and let's have a clutter breakthrough session. How, how can yes. people reach out to you and connect with you and talk through their own issues? Yeah. So it starts with a conversation because everybody's situation is a little bit different and I have different approaches based on what your situation is. So you can schedule that on my website. Just go to morethanorganized.net. There's a let's talk button there and um, you can get on my calendar and I'm happy to, that's complimentary 30 minute call where we figure out what's going on with you and the best approach to solve it. Yeah. It seems like a good offer and a great way to start. So folks take Miriam up on this. Well, let's go to the name of your business, Miriam, more than organized. And you really have connected this idea of getting organized to entrepreneurship and to true Mm -hmm. business operations and breakthrough. Like somebody wants to scale or somebody really wants to get more profitable. How, Mm -hmm. How do you connect those two things, getting organized and business success? Well, organizing is what we do so we can do the thing we do as Winnie the Pooh said. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it completely so, uh, <laughs> right. I guess, you know, enlightening. Yeah, so it's it's the setting yourself up for success that really got me excited. I mean, I do, I've done all kinds of organizing from events to, um, you know, big collections and things like that. But bottom line is I love working with people that are up to something and trying to do something. And so helping them get organized in that context of, what's going to help you get that thing done, created out into the world, that idea processed. And I'm an idea person. I get having a million ideas coming at you and I'm a little bit ADHD. So I get having a hard time focusing on one at a time. And so what can we do to create enough structure for your business or your creativity or your home that supports the things you really want to be doing? Like you said, when, when you open this, 
how often do you say, I'll do that when I'm done with this, or I can't do that until I get organized? Mm-hmm. Well, let's just get it set up from the beginning. And organizing is a, um, it's more of a mindset than a physical process. Um, and so people who are organized often are very messy creators and workers like, like me. I Everything's out while I'm using it but it has a place to go back at the end so that I can process the next thing that comes up. Um, and so just knowing that you have a system in that background running, running with it allows you to, to not worry about, well, if I put this over here, I'm never going to find it again. Cause you've taken the time to define the spaces to hold this, the processes and the, the physical items. Yes. I thought I'd pause and highlight that word system. I mean, if we were craftspeople, there would be a workflow, there would be a system, there would be an order. And and we're not turning our creativity into a manufacturing system, but but there are steps through the process, aren't there? And like you said, we should be able to access these tools and resources at the right time in the process. Exactly. And you want to be able to know what the inventory of the supplies are for your process as well. You don't want to run out, whether you're a speaker and you run out of ink to do the handouts for your presentation, or you're a painter and you run out of cerulean in the middle of painting a sky. (laughs) And there's no worse feeling than being out of printer ink than trying to print out the presentation. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that's another place there's, you know, I, I tend to think that there's five essential systems for your home and five essential systems for your business. And if you have those in place, you can apply it to creative spaces as well. But if you have those in place, you don't have to pay attention to them all the time, but they're set up and you know how and when to use them. Give us an example of those five. Um, All right. Uh, The business ones are just easier because they're in the top of my head, but Uh you have a system for money. So taking money and spending money and or paying your people. Um, you have a system for following up um, with your all your contacts and things. So you have to have something that holds like an address book for all your vendors, your clients, your suppliers, your um, potential contacts, your partner, business partners, that kind of thing. So you have to know how to talk to people. Um, your deliverables. So whatever it is you're selling, do you have a warehouse full of t-shirts? Do you have uh, a gallery full of paintings? Do you have um, some packages for your services? What is it you're selling and what, what is that? Your deliverables um, and your inventory. So the actual supplies that go into making the thing you sell and or the office supplies that allow you to do the bring those things to market you know, even if you're just an internet marketer, you still need printer ink sometimes. Mm-hmm. You still need some cords. You still need some light bulbs, those kinds of things. All of the above. Right. Um, you need to get a new calendar every year, whatever it is. Um, and the last one is, did I do them all? Yeah, I think marketing. that was five. Marketing. Mar- oh, marketing. the marketing, yes. <laughs> the one that allows you to make the money to buy the supplies and talk to the people. Um, yeah, so... That's and and in terms of marketing, it's the it's both your plan for marketing and the collateral pieces you have about the marketing. So yes. your your actual brand, your colors, your um, posts, your blogs, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Well, each one of those, and even though one is financial management and how to take the money and pay the money, uh-huh. they all have this commerce 
thread that runs through those. And you really yeah. make a point that this is not a feel good, get your desk cleaned off kind of moment. This is building mm -hmm. wealth through the mm -hmm. act of getting organized. Yes. Talk us through that a little bit. Why is this a wealth mindset, not just a tidy up mindset? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're running a business or a creative endeavor to make money, whether it's a nonprofit or for um, enterprise, you are actually creating things that need to flow through you and can be hindered by a poverty mindset. So when you have a money mindset that is full of abundance and consistency and maybe some tracking, not a lot of tracking, but a little bit of tracking, <laughs> um, it'll, it, it brings a, in an expansive mindset as well. So when our minds are more open, we're more expansive. We can help more people. We can sell more things. We can be more philanthropic. But if you have a poverty mindset, which many artists do, um, right. The, it's like starving artist is that thing we're, <laughs> we're familiar with, but, and you know, there's the whole concept of selling out. If you actually get a contract to make money as an artist, which is ridiculous. Why wouldn't an artist want their stuff to be seen? They're in the business of communicating, right? So how to get more people to see the work. Right? Yes. Um, and so all of those things play into it without actually being about the dollar amount. Um, I talk to entrepreneurs all the time that don't want to invest in themselves in getting a coach, or they don't want to invest in the next piece of equipment that's going to help them save tons of time to do the thing they're trying to do, or to pay a, a social media person to help them run their social media. Like there's little pieces that they cheap out on all through the process. And then they wonder why it didn't work. Hmm. or why they had to spend so much time about it. And then they get resentful. So having all those things in alignment, you have a system that you can use easily. And when you have it efficient and effective, you save money because you know exactly which pieces you need. You're not just trying everything new as it comes up. Um, and on the other hand, you're more willing to make an investment because you realize your time is valuable and what you're bringing out into the world is valuable. So you come to it more confidently. You're, it makes it easier to sell. It makes it easier to bring the money in to pay the people that are helping you do the thing that you want to do. It's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and why would you make, well, just one quick point. Why yes. would you make do with broken crayons if you can buy a new box of crayons once a certain percentage of your box gets short. It's short. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and talking about the money is mm -hmm. even an, a system for the bills, for the yeah. mail, for, you know, look, mm -hmm. mo most of us, uh, we can imagine a cluttered desktop, but we really mean our cluttered desktop uh, on our computer as much as anything. And our, yeah. in, our email box and our uh, mm -hmm. tabs open across the top of the screen. Uh, it all represents things that need to be done. Mm. And so it's worry, it's intentions that haven't happened. So then you feel bad because you aren't being effective or efficient. It's still lingering. And that's not a good way to do it. You got to create opportunities for positive feedback loops and all the work you do. And then you build confidence and worth. Mm -hmm. and, and tell us more about that stress piece. In other words, the stress and the mm -hmm. worry. If I come across a file that's open, oh my gosh, I should have been working on that. Right. Uh, or uh, when was that due? Or, well, it's too far gone. Just forget about it. Yeah. And all of those things make us feel a little bit bad. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, how often have you been on vacation and all of a sudden woken up from a nap because you finally had some time to do something and had the solution or realized you totally forgot something because you didn't have a system for keeping track of those ideas. Um, I love having the brilliant breakthrough moments when you have enough space and clarity to, <laughs> to uh, process the information, but our subconscious brain works in that way. It's always looking for a problem to solve. And if you've left yourself a bunch of problems to solve and then not actually taken the action about that solution, it's still, your subconscious still thinks of it as a problem to solve and it will resolve it in the same way over and over and over until you actually do it. And it makes you feel bad every time you haven't actually completed it. So just complete it. And by completing it, you can also just let it go. If it's something that's not worth doing, it's okay. But making the physical decision, crossing it off the list, closing the thing out, putting it in the trash, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah, somehow making the decision could be the completion, right? Yeah, Yeah. it is all about the decisions. Mm -hmm. It rarely is with making it perfect. It's about deciding when you're going to work on it, doing some work on it. It's about the effort and getting closer to the end. Because, you know, in art, it's rarely all the way done. Yes, there's always a little more. Mona Lisa actually finished? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) But, you know, further on this connection between the the money and the organization, you also Mm -hmm. work with these sacred money archetypes. Yeah, you know that, and, and somehow I can't help but see the connection between an organizational style or type, you know, mm-hmm. and the money type. If you like yeah. control, if you like generosity, if you like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. depending on where you are. But make make yes. the connection a little bit more for us. Yeah. So archetypes are that you know shorthand for a set of character characteristics, beliefs. Um, And knowing your sacred money archetypes helps you know how you're showing up in the world most naturally. And so you can use that for making decisions all the time. You know, there are people that are accumulators, which is kind of the inner banker. They're the people that like spreadsheets and do bouncing their checkbook to the penny and saving money. And um, they're going to do that same behavior with other things. They're going to have more things. They're going to be really concerned with value. So they're going to buy things at the wholesale club. They're going to have extras. They're a little bit worried of running out. There's, it shows up in their personality. Um, There are alchemists, which a lot of creative people are alchemists. You're creating things. You're all about ideas. You're trying to get them out of the world, out in the world. You don't always realize that you have to charge for that stuff. You don't Mm -hmm. always, you sometimes run out of money because that's not the part that's important to you. Um, So just knowing that allows you to rely on other archetypes that are at your disposal to fill in the gaps and bridge the spaces that are difficult for you and focus on your strengths. So all good. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I love the sacred money archetypes because you're not just one thing, you're a combination of three. And one of them is you most natural and the other two are the ones that support you. So it's like a three-legged stool. You can balance yourself when something's not going well. You can just lean the other direction and get the support you need. Yeah, it's good to understand. Yeah. Well, yeah. folks, my guest is Miriam ortiz Pino, and her company is More Than Organized and you can find her on the internet, morethanorganized.net. Miriam, I want to be sure that we talk about your own business and your own yeah. mindset to get organized and, and make this a business. I am curious, yeah. at what point did you say, 
I, I can help people do this. <laughs> I have this gift. And yeah. to what you were just saying, I feel confident enough to charge for it. When did that come to you? I probably took a little bit different route than some people. I knew I wanted to work for myself early in life, but I don't have a lot of entrepreneurs in my family. I had a couple uncles that kept thinking they wanted to be entrepreneurs, but were never really successful at it because they cheaped out hmm. or they overdid it and didn't uh, have good systems in place for making it work long-term. So I went to business school, hated it, <laughs> studied popular culture, loved it. Uh, how do I blend those things? I don't know. Let's run away to San Francisco and try advertising. Um, didn't really like it. Turns out I don't like working in an office all day. <laughs> I'm sure many of your listeners can re relate yes. to that. Um, so, but every job I had, one, which was about 15 different jobs while I was trying to figure out who I wanted to be, I was the organizer. I was the person that would walk in and go, oh, why do you do it that way? We could make it easier. You want to make it easier? Let me help make it easier. Um, and so I came to it through that. Um, and then when I finally decided I was unemployable and wanted to do a business, I reached out to a friend of my mom's who ran a one of the local incubators here in town, business incubators. She was one of the founders. And she was like, have you heard about this thing called professional organizing? I just read an article about it. And I'm like, I actually did. Love that. So I looked into it a little more, joined the National Association and um, spent a year going through the SBA checklist to start a business while I was hoarding money, working my actual job. Um, and then I moved back to Albuquerque and went, voila, I'm in business. I'm more than organized. There you go. And here we um, are. Yeah. I will say it took about another seven years to get that as a business owner, you are not just a freelancer at the thing you're good at. Mm -hmm. So it's that whole Robert Kiyosaki thing of going from employee to freelancer to business owner to investor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole different mindset, isn't it? It really is. And it took a good seven years to get there. Yes. But it was well worth the wait. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad you brought up Albuquerque in it because I wanted to talk about your sort of creative environment and your creative mm -hmm. culture around in yeah. New Mexico. Uh, in your bio, it says you've been in New Mexico for, or your family has been there for 15 generations. That's deep roots. Yeah. And uh, probably even more so in your Native American uh, relative, you know, family tree. So uh, yeah. what, what is it about that environment? that works creatively and gives you energy? You know, I don't know. It's just always been a magnet for creative people, hasn't it? There's um, three to seven cultures, depending on how you define various cultures that have been in play here. Santa Fe is like the fourth largest art market in the world. Um, there, we have world-class museums, we've got world-class artists, and we have a lot of... Um, programming through our our whole throughout the state uh for our thing so it we have lots of music writing painting creative arts and now we have a huge movie industry so there's just a whole lot of um creativity always running around here unfortunately we have not as a whole <laughs> made the big connection between money and creativity 
like, so on the individual basis, there's still a lot of struggling artists. Although I think the internet is changing a lot of that for people. Yeah, opening up yeah. new markets. Yeah. But you're right, yeah. this idea of an artisan, you know, mm -hmm. isn't necessarily the same as the artist gallery owner or the agent or the, you know, artist that really can see the market. Exactly. And I think there's just so many more opportunities for for artisanal work these days and, and even crafters to make quite a bit of money if they want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I definitely have experienced the Albuquerque, Santa Fe, New Mexico creative stimulation, and it is quite, uh, quite good and quite strong. And I'm sure mm -hmm. many of our listeners would want to uh, maybe visit and take part of that too. Yeah. Well, come Miriam, on I can't, come on down. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks so much for this conversation, Miriam. Let's let's land on something. Our, our listeners love a nice practical. What can I do about all this? I'm inspired now. I've listened to the show. I want to take some practical step. So mm -hmm. even if you turned off this podcast and said, "What could I do this afternoon?" What are the one or two action steps we could take at least to get our organized ball rolling? Oh, I would definitely say clear off your workspace. Even if you just clear it off, dust it, and put most of it back, the simple act of having to take each piece off and put it back should help you start categorizing. And, and if you put like things together as you're doing that, you'll create more space and realize you need at least, what is that? I have no measurements in my brain today. <laughs> like, a square foot or two, 18, a square 16 to 18 inches, probably to, to actually do some work to set your laptop. Even, um, you need enough space that is not covered with other things. Um, so you can sit down and work, even if there's piles around you, you need to maintain that one space. Very good. Well, we'll take yeah. action on that. I'm envisioning this uh, pile of file folders right over here. So I'm going to take action as you suggested. You can also download the one minute mail solution, which is a step-by-step -step course um, on what to do with the papers and information that come through your space. I will definitely take advantage of that. Yeah. Well, listeners, my guest is Miriam ortiz Pino, and her business morethanorganized.net. Thanks so much, Mary. I'm glad to have you on the program. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Yes. And listeners, come back again. We're continuing our series now past 200 episodes at past 100,000 downloads. It really means that the creative fire is, is burning. We're, we're all looking for new ideas, new connections, new collaborations. So our program, we really want to bring you not only what inspires people, but what helps organize those ideas. And most of all, gain the confidence and connections to launch your work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. We'll see you soon. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer.